So good. As I said, my name is Pastor Trent, Trent Memory from C3 Monaco. I've been pastoring that church for nine years. Last weekend, I handed over to Matu Liz and Sharon that were here. They are now the pastors, and I'm now the pastor of a campus in C3 Ellerslie. I do not come to you today as a pastor, though. Before anything else, before anything else, I wake up every morning, and I declare that I am a son of God. And before my title and before my pastor, before my title as a pastor, I'm a follower of Jesus. I love him. He set me free from the darkest pit. And you're about to hear of that. And let me tell you here today, please listen to me. There is hope for you here. There is hope in Jesus. And there is hope with the whanau that are here today. They don't care about what you can do for them. They don't care about what's in your pocket. They just love you for who you are. And let me say to you here today, if you're struggling to live, please listen to me for a second. If you're struggling to live like I did once, please do not leave this place until I pray for you. If you have attempted or thought about suicide, please do not leave here today without me giving you a hug and telling you that Jesus loves you and I will wait here all night until you come and see me. I come to you today as a follower. I love Jesus, he set me free. And today at the end of this meeting, many of you are gonna receive what I received, what hundreds of these people have received before, what all of these people here on this stage received. Let me tell you this, I hate religion. And you don't need to do anything to meet God here today. You don't need to change anything to meet him. Do you know what? He loves you and he accepts you with all your pain, with all your shame, with all the abuse that's happened to you. He wants to meet you where you are today. And I believe there will be 200 of you at the end of this meeting standing here saying, Jesus is Lord. But as I said, I didn't have a pretty life to get where I am today. You may say, man, you've got, got, got it going on together. Some of you may be like, bro, you need to work on your skills. But my life was not always like this. My life started, my life turned upside down when I was nine years old, when I walked in and found my father smashing my mother to bits. My father was an alcoholic and my father was a workaholic. And I'm the youngest of four kids. And my mother had enough and so she should have and she walked out and she raised myself and my four older siblings in East Auckland and we were very poor and trying to raise four kids. She had to work two jobs and my mum wasn't around that much. And so we didn't have that much money and I found acceptance, not through for who I was or for what I could do for people or money. I found acceptance through drugs. My family, my whole family are drug addicts, including myself and my three older siblings. And at the age of 13, I picked up smoking marijuana, probably like a whole bunch of you here today. And you may thinking it's cool right now, or a bit of wacky-backy and getting a little bit wasted. But I'm telling you, that only leads to one place, and that leads to destruction. Show me someone that's been smoking drugs all their life, and that can show you that they have an awesome life. Pointing to your friend, she's like, bro, she's awesome. I picked up smoking weed and drinking at the age of 15, 16, started taking harder drugs. And at the age of 18, I got addicted to a drug called speed. 
And at the age of 20, I got addicted to a drug that is ripping our people and ripping our country apart right now. I got addicted to a drug called methamphetamine. And we all know it called the... Oi! Now we're talking. And I got addicted to this drug at the age of 20. And being a greedy little drug addict that I was, I thought I'd found the number one drug. Let me tell you how powerful this drug is. They've just come out saying that you don't need to have the disease of addiction. You see, addiction is a disease. You're born with it. My father was an alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. And I was born with this thing. That doesn't mean I have to live with it for the rest of my life, though. And you don't have to be what your model is. You don't need to be like your father. You don't need to be like your mother. Some of you wish you were and bless you that you have an amazing parent model. But I didn't. And at the age of 20, I got addicted to this drug. And for the next seven years of my life, I got addicted to methamphetamine. And I developed a $250 to $500 drug habit a day. I ended up affiliated with one of, one of New Zealand's most notorious motorcycle clubs. And I ended up manufacturing methamphetamine on a large scale for this gang. Sometimes making up to $300,000 a time for this gang. And I sold out to this brotherhood, the so-called brotherhood that they portrayed was everything. And I laid down my family and, and all the people in my world before meeting P. And I thought I'd found this new brotherhood. I did some horrible things to people. I got my whole family addicted to methamphetamine. My older sister in one year lost her marriage, lost her kids, lost her home and lost her business. I ended up seeing the gang life for what it really was. And I saw that there was no such thing as a brotherhood. They're all out for each other because money rules this world and money rules that world. And in my last year of using, I became an absolute monster because I had lost everything. I'd laid down my life for these people. And now these people weren't who they said they were. And in the last year of my using, I became a monster and I've done some horrible things to people. I've scarred people for life. I've broken families up. I've broken marriages. Through the grace of God, I've been able to go make amends to some of these people and families. But in the last year of my using, I became a monster. I met a girl named Jade, my beautiful wife now, but she was my girlfriend at the time and she fell pregnant within three months. And I swore black and blue to my family that the day my child was born, I would give up drugs. Let me tell you how powerful and strong the disease of addiction is. I held my baby, my baby, my first child, and my arms fried off my face. You see, I couldn't even deal with reality, let alone a child that I created. I couldn't even go to the dairy straight, people. And I couldn't make any money for my family. No one would do business with me because I was such a monster. My world came crashing down when I went on a five-day bender. You see, that was my life. Stay awake on pee for four to five nights a week and go home and sleep to two or three days. Some of you can relate to, you, relate to that because some of your family are hooked on this sucker. 
But my world came crashing down when I walked into a hotel room on the fifth day of my bender and I met a lady in a hotel room and she ripped off a patch member $30,000 and I used to know this guy. And I said to her, you better get this money back because he's got half of Auckland looking for you. He will spend $100,000 hunting you. These people kill people. I know they do firsthand. I don't care. He's never going to find me. He will find you. She had an accomplice with this guy. She had an accomplice with her, I mean, and they ripped off this gang member $30,000. She was getting texts from her accomplice saying, come back to this hotel room. She asked me, because I'd been on a five-day bender, I needed to go home. She asked me if I would drop her off to the hotel room because it was on my way home. And I said, sure, I'll drop you home. We got to the hotel room. We got out of the car because she said to me, do you want to come inside for one more quick puff? I said, yeah, being a greedy little drug addict, you all know what I did. And I remember walking up to the hotel room. Matt, maybe you can get me some water. And I remember walking up to the hotel room, walking behind her. And I remember her knocking on the door, opening the door and her walking in. Or I remember seeing this massive hand grab her here. And I walked in and I was like, what's going on? And I come around the corner behind the door. I don't know if you've ever had a double barrel shotgun pointed to your head, but let me tell you, it's a pretty scary moment. And it wasn't her associate texting her, it was the gang. You see, they'd set him up and they'd bet him to a pulp black and blue on the floor. And because I walked in with her, they thought I was involved with ripping them off. You see, I used to be... I used to roll with this gang member. He was a prospect back in my day and all the prospects used to hate me because I used to make more money for the club than they do. But because now he was a patch member, he thought he was the man. And because I walked in with them, they thought I was involved with ripping them off. And they kidnapped me and this girl for two days. And I'm not going to stand here and say that I was a hard man and I took it like a champ. I was a scared little boy scared little boy and they bit me to a pulp black and blue stripped me naked didn't sexually abuse me but tried to break me, break me and strip me of my manhood guess what they did and they bit her to an absolute pulp and did stuff to her that I don't want to tell you here on the stage no one's ever preached the gospel to me no one's ever told me that the father in heaven Jesus Christ loves me but there was one moment in this kidnapping where I thought I could jump out of the window in the bathroom. So I said to them, can I go to the toilet? You see, I'd been awake for five days on methamphetamine and then they'd kept me awake for two days without drugs. So I was physically absolutely broken. I was so dehydrated. I hadn't eaten for four days. I was coming in and out of black, blackout. And I tried to go in the bathroom to sneak out the window and they they kept the door open. They said, we're going to keep it open so you don't jump out the window. And I remember walking into this bathroom. And I remember closing the medicine cabinet that was on the wall. And there's a little mirror there. And I remember seeing myself in the mirror and I had 20 Humpty Dumpties all over my face. I don't know if you're a parent here. But all I could think about was that my baby's never going to have a dad. I'm never going to see my baby again. And something came over me in that moment. No one's ever told me about God. No one's ever preached the gospel to me. But I looked in that mirror 
And I whispered, but I screamed so they wouldn't hear me. And I whispered and I said these words, God, please help me. Please help me. If you help me, Lord, if you help me, please, I promise you I'll help you. But please help me. I want to see my baby again. They walked in and dragged me out of the bathroom. And I blacked out and then I came to. And there was another man in the room, another gang member. And he started having an argument with the gang member that had kidnapped us. And they started having an argument. I can't remember what they said. But all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, I was on my way home. And this man took me out of the kidnapping. I don't know what happened in that moment. But he dropped me home and I got home and I got inside my house. And my partner had left me within the five days. When I went out on that five-day bender, Jade had packed up the house and left. And I climbed into the, this window in my room. And I fell on the floor and I collapsed. And I don't know how long I was there for. But Jade came and found me. She said, what happened to you? I said, please, I need help. And I went into a drug rehabilitation program for six months. That's how bad my drug addiction was. But for some reason, I kept thinking about this moment where I called out to a God that I did not know. And I kept thinking of this moment. I went and did this thing called an Alpha Course. On the last night of that Alpha Course, something came over me. A presence came over me. And it said these words. It said, Trent, you said to me, if I would help you, would you help me? And I knew in that moment that it was Jesus Christ in this course that they were talking about this God, this living God, this God that Jesus that comes to set the captives free. This God that breaks every chain, the God that in one moment without changing anything can restore everything. And I stood at the top of my lungs and I said, Jesus Christ is the Lord. He got me out of a kidnapping and I said to him, if he would help me, I would help him. And I need to meet this Jesus. And that next week I ran into C3 Church and there was an invitation like I'm going to give to you in just a moment. And a man said to me, if you need to meet Jesus Christ, put your hand up. And I didn't put my hand up. I ran to the altar and I got on my knees. And let me tell you about how with one moment with God can change everything and can change your whole world around you as well. You see, that moment when I called out to God, that's the last time I've ever used drugs or alcohol. You see, two months ago, I celebrated 10 years clean and sober without touching one drop, without touching anything. And if Jesus can do it for me, He can do it for you. And let me tell you, people that I held up in broad daylight with knives to their throat, have come to know Jesus through me. My whole family sits in church every single Sunday. My oldest sisters had everything restored. None of my family are drug addicts. No one. Second Corinthians 3.17, it says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And let me tell you today, you don't need to go through what I went through to know God. Let me tell you this, thousands of years ago, he thought about this moment. That in that kidnapping, when I would call out, when I called out to him, he would introduce me to a whānau at C3 Church and I would become the pastor of that whānau. And God would put a vision in my heart for Northland three years ago to bring a kapahaka group to Northland to preach my story 
and to tell you that Jesus is the hope that you're looking for. Jesus is the solution to your problems. The purpose and plan for your life is found in Him. And all you've got to do in, mo in just a moment is invite Him to your heart. And I believe this is your encounter that will change your life forever. But I want to talk to people here today that may have met God before. There are people that are in this church that have come from other churches. But God's not number one. You've not made your encounter count. God gives us an encounter so we can use it to help change the world. And maybe you saw a glimpse of that, but you're running dry. Why don't you come home to Him tonight? Tonight is your night. And I believe after tonight, there's going to be many, many kids that are going to get up and do what I did. They're going to get up and preach the gospel. That are going to lead dance crews. That are going to lead kapahaka groups. That are going to lead worship teams. To go across this nation and say that Māori young people are the, are the future of this world. That God is the creator of heaven and earth. And I believe it's all of you here today. God loves you. And He's come to set you free here tonight. And as I said to you at the start of this meeting, you don't need to change anything. Some of you think you need to get your life right before meeting God. That's not the case. One of Australia's most notorious gang members is here tonight. God did what He did for me. He did for Owen. He's going to do for hundreds of you as well. We, it's easy to be the bad guy. But it says in the Bible that the whole of creation is earnestly waiting for the mighty men and women of God. What your whanau needs, what kirikiri needs, what dargaville needs, and what kaitaia needs. It's people to rise up and say, no more. I'm not living by the model that I've seen. I'm not living by the model that I've heard. And I want you to come and meet him here tonight. And I want to shake your hand down here at the front of this stage. There are people here that have been sexually abused. There are people here that have got drug addiction like me. There are people here that you've given up hope on life. God brought me here to tell you that He loves you and He's gonna erase everything and give you a future you never thought you would have here. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes right here, right now. Father, we thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. This is between you and God right here. And I don't want you to worry about the person sitting next to you. And I want every single person to respect this moment. Because I've spoken to so many people here tonight. What I'm going to ask you in just a moment to do is raise your hand. And I'm going to do it on the count of three. There's already hands going up, but let me just wait. And I'm going to do it on the count of three. And I'm talking to people that have never met God. You've never met Jesus. And in one moment here tonight, He's going to come into your heart. And He's going to set you free here. He's going to bring you freedom. He's going to bring you hope. It's going to bring every light into every dark thing of your life. And the past will no longer dictate your future. 
So if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'm talking to people here, church people, followers of Christ. If He's not number one, if you're not burning for Him, if He's not number one, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and maybe the world is number one and you're not living for Him. Tonight, I want you to make your encounter and count and come back to Him here tonight and say, Jesus, I want to be all out for you. I want to see this nation change. I want to see my town change and my family changed again. And if you're unsure of your salvation, you don't know. Because let me tell you right now, let me tell you, there is a heaven and a hell. I've seen hell from my own eyes. I've seen people attacked by demonic things and spirits and the things that you are facing and dealing with right now are not natural things. And there is a thing out there that's doing whatever it takes to bring you to this side and to hold you on this side. But if you're unsure if you're going to go to heaven, if there was an accident here tonight, I want you to make it count by making this decision. So you know that you know that you know that if you died tonight, that you were going to go to heaven. So on the count of three, right across this place, Three, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, if you've never given your heart to Him and you want to make Him your Lord and Savior. Two, you have done it before, but He's not number one in your life. I want you to come up to this altar and run up to this altar and say, Jesus, I want to make you number one again. And one, if you're unsure of your salvation, just lift your hand right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hundreds of, oh my goodness, lift it up high, lift it up high, lift it up rice and high. Stand up with me right now, all you people, stand up with you. All you people that lifted your hands, just come down here, just come down here now. Just come and run, run to Him right now. Just run to Him right now. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Come, come. Come, come, come. Jesus' name. You guys down the front here, just be quiet for a second. I need you people out there to be really bold right now. Some of you needed just a bit of encouragement. I want every single person to look to the person next to you and say to you, are you right with God? And if that person said no, I want you to bring them up the front with them. Now bring them up. If some of those people said no, just come. Bring them up. Awesome. Awesome. Just come. Awesome. Come on, let's clap these people. Twenty more seconds. If you need to know him right now and you need some help right now, I'm giving to give you twenty more seconds just to come up here right now. Just come, you guys, just come, just come. Come on, let's clap these people. Just come out of your seat. Come on, we love you. Come, honey, bye. Come, 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 come.
You guys, just come. Awesome. Look at me, all of you here. And everybody at the back, please listen to this. Look at me. Guys, in 1840, a man came here and preached the gospel for the very first time. And you may not know this, but let me tell you, something like this happened in this nation from 1840 to around 1860. Let me tell you something that 95% of Māori people in this nation were one with Jesus, made this decision. That 30,000 Napui at one moment gave their hearts to Jesus. And I believe that revival that broke out in this nation is going to start with you. That you young people are going to carry what you're about to receive. And it's going to change your city, your towns, your families. And start a fire here in the top of the north that's going to change our nation. Guys, look at me. We're going to pray a prayer. The whole church is going to do it with you. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take you out. Guess what? You guys cracked it because you're about to go into a room where there's food, cake. Yeah. Yeah, now they're all starting to run. Yeah, look at them. Shh. Listen to me. Guys, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Shh. We're going we're gonna to say a prayer. I'm going to say this prayer. Listen to me. I'm going to say this prayer. You're going to repeat it after me. But all of you ones that are on this altar, you're going to say this with all your heart. But the whole church is going to do it with you. Let me just tell you, you know, it says in the Bible, when one person turns away from their sin, the whole of heaven. The whole of heaven celebrates. So you've got to understand the whole of heaven is celebrating this moment. And let me tell you, Look at me, all of you people here on this altar. I may not be here and living here in Northland, but I will fight for you and I will stand with you and I will believe in you and I will do whatever it takes and with all the means I can, I will come and bring hope to your whanau and bring hope to your iwis and bring hope to your towns. In Jesus' name, say these words after me and say this with all your heart. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight and I give you my life. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Today I have hope. Today I have freedom. The past will no longer dictate my future. Help me glorify you, Jesus, in all areas of my life. I love you, Dad. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's partner with heaven right now and celebrate. Hallelujah. Jesus. What we're going to do right now, guys, listen to me, all you guys, shh, this is one moment for you. This is the start of your walk, but you need to get around people that are going to fight for you. They're going to walk with you. They're going to help you with your problems. And so we're going to take you off out into a room 
And they're going to put you in the areas, the towns that you're from. They're going to pray for you. They're going to get your details. And they're going to look after you. But look at me. I love you guys. And I believe in you. And what God did for my life, He can do for your life as well. Can you guys go off with Aaron over there? All you guys go that way right now. Just go that way. Come on, let's clap. Let's celebrate with these guys. Hallelujah. Keep going, keep going. Keep going, guys. Keep going. Keep going, keep going. Keep going, guys. Come on, keep clapping them. We've got gifts for you and food in there for you. Go, keep going. 